0: The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. Hi, uh, hello, it's Steven. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm, I'm enjoying my time in Japan, hopefully. It's probably not hard to have a good time over there. This was exclusively for our patrons. Uh, if you're hearing it now, it's, it's not, clearly. Please enjoy our take and feelings and thoughts on the first Starfinder 2nd Edition field test which highlights the soldier class. <laughs> yeah, I bet you already know where this is going. I bet you you already fucking know where this is going. Also a beast and some weapons or some shit. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it was a great time to record, and Stephen and I enjoyed it. And in conjunction with it, we decided to record the second field test, and that'll be coming next week.
0: Yeah, so look forward to that. That'll also be available for everyone, uh, just like this field test is now. Starfinder 2E is looking excellent. And for those of you who like Swissy specifically those of you who like science fantasy role-playing, ranged and mobility-focused combat, and, you know, um, mixing characters of of different abilities into specialized, you know, builds. Hey, let's just say there might be a few things for you here. Enjoy the show, and um, yeah, stay cool. We'll see you for our regularly scheduled recording uh, come November. Wow, November. Jesus, man. (laughs) From beyond the moons of Kovos To the fractured remnants of the Dross Nebula Eerie transmissions can be heard If you tune your star dial to just the right nano frequency One signal in particular Enchants listeners with tales of heroism Treachery, romance, and discovery Right beside this signal Caught between the hyperstatic Are the ramblings of two strange beings From an unknown time in an unknown place. Listen as they navigate you through the dark time.
1: Hello and welcome to the Dark Times, a Starfinder 2nd edition podcast. I'm Sam, your uh, favorite chittering
0: mystic. Oh, and I'm that kind of alien that's just like a fish guy in a bowl.
1: <laughs> but with like a robot body? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like a sexy robot a se- body? <laughs> a
0: sexy, like, uh, metropolis, boobalicious robot body with a fish tank and a, and a fish on, on top of it. I'm Steven, by the way. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> that's going to be great for first time listeners of this show. <laughs> <And, and laughs> Steven, this is uh this is not our usual setup. These aren't our usual. This is not my usual house. No, this is not my usual wife.
0: No. And, and Sam, it's actually double unusual because, uh, we aren't doing what we said we were going to do. Obviously we are in the dog days of the darkest summer here. It is just coming to a close before we return to our regularly scheduled programming. However... Something too exciting to ignore happened about three weeks ago that we wanted to talk about here on the pod more than anything else, more than the Ewoks, the second Ewoks movie, (laughs) more than any sort of dramatic reading that we could, you know, construe from, from the vast library of Star Wars short stories out there. Starfinder second edition was announced by Paizo. And with that announcement came a lot of information, including their first field test, which is not a play test, but rather kind of a a sneak preview document. It honestly harkens a lot to like the old WEG and early Swissy releases about what the game's going to look like and what we can expect. And Sam and I loved what we saw so much that we had to bring it to you guys.
1: Absolutely. Consider this the first of... Uh, a possible new dark times, yeah. Uh, you know, depending on how this goes, what if what if Piso crashes and burns in the next
0: uh, year? <laughs> well, even if it does, Sam, there's there's still great news on the table. So you know, stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, you ever played Starfinder,
1: Sam? I've played. Uh, well, you know, you, you and I have played Pathfinder Second Edition. Yeah but I've never played Starfinder in particular.
0: Starfinder's pretty fun. I, I like it a lot. The, there was a few problems I had with it that I think are going to be addressed by this this new edition because, you know, it's basically just hitting it with the Pathfinder 2E beam, which, as we know, automatically <laughs> makes everything perfect. And, and also, bloody. one-hit KO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I played in the uh, Starfinder campaign that ran, you know, for a few months. I, I played a Skittermander. Do you happen to know about the Skittermanders, Sam?
1: No, but the name sounds lizard-like.
0: They are adorable. They're like a semi-reptilian, semi-insectoid, fuzzy alien species. Um, oh. they have six arms and are hatch from eggs and are just absolutely adorable. Um, think of like a six-armed koala, pretty much. But they come in like oh. pink, purple, blue, green, red. They're, they're no, I love. I love them. They're I love amazing. Em. I was the pilot techie for my party and in a compelling adventure about returning a baby dragon to its rightful home. Um, but then a few of the players were Normies and backed out, so we we didn't get to get too far into that. You know, the Skittermander are funny because they were under threat of colonization by I think they're called the Fisk or the the Visk. They're the kind of the the of the Starfinder world. They're the big mm-hmm. you know mean lizards. The the Fisk weren't successful in colonizing the Skittermanders because the Skittermanders absolutely were unable to see their um their invaders as as enemies. <laughs> The, the, the Fisk showed up to the Skittermander homeworld and were like, hey, give us all your uh, resources. You are now slaves of the Fisk Empire. And the skittermander's like, oh yeah, you want a hand with this stuff? Sure, here, here's, you know, we'll help you out. You know, we'll build ships for you. You know, we'll fix guns. Yeah, we're, we'll we'll be pals. We'll be buddies. <laughs> really, really great lore there.
1: I love it. I didn't know you were such a Starfinder lore savant, Steve.
0: Oh, that ends my net <laughs> <laughs> That That's it. That is all the lore knowledge I had right there. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> this bodes well for us.
1: <laughs> Steven, so Starfinder, for people who you know, people who don't know, maybe regular listeners of this show are more familiar with traditional D20 games, Starfinder first edition is, is like a 3.5. We're talking about like a D20 system, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, It or? was,
0: it's, it's, you know, it's Pathfinder, but in space, basically it was further branched from Pathfinder and it has a few changes and optimizations that kind of make it that, you know, it's like, God, if Pathfinder is 3.75, then God, I don't know, like Starfinder like 3.89. Like... <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's not exactly Pathfinder, but it's, it's pretty damn close. And, you know, people have been speculating about Starfinder 2E for a long time, you know, me included with how much I love Pathfinder 2E. It got me thinking like, oh man, if they can give this treatment to Starfinder, then we're really in the money. And, you know, it was taking so long with no words, you know, Paizo was being very, I, I guess careful is, is the word we can use now, but they're being very stonewalled about any questions regarding Starfinder 2E. They're like, yeah, no, yeah, we're just not, it's not in the plans. We're not doing that. Like, sorry.
1: That's, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know,
0: that's not how I would do it, but yeah, sure. (laughs) It was like Ian McGregor with the Kenobi series where, you know, for like literally the the years of it, you know, when it was a movie and then a show of it it all being produced, he was like, oh, I haven't heard from Disney, but you know, we, we all knew that (laughs) he, he was, but, and, but now is like the perfect time for, for Starfinder 2e to come in. And I can see why they waited this long to even say anything. Because we got that OGL snafu behind us. You know, Paizo has their own license, the the ORC, the ORC, yeah. um, which we love. It's fucking fantastic. It virtually guarantees that, you know, that none of those nefarious consumer practices that, that Wizards is known for. Nor, like, say Paizo turns evil or, like you said, crashes and burns tomorrow. Everything that we <laughs> love about Pathfinder and Starfinder will still be protected and available for everyone for forever. And then, you know, these Pathfinder 2e remakes are slowly rolling out. Do you know about that situation? They're, like, remaking the books fully stripped of OGL content and also making some slight, like, balance changes a little bit. Really? Yeah, we're kind of getting, like, that. Pathfinder 2.5e, basically, but they're calling oh. it a remake.
1: I knew that they are doing um, the mini-books, but I didn't realize they were doing, like, a full remake as well. Yeah,
0: they're, like, re-releasing entire books that are, like combinations oh shit, of previous I, releases and the, now I gotta books. get more books. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, great. I just feel like I just bought all the Pathfinder two eBooks. Now there's more to buy, but yeah, so that's happened, but they're, they're, still compatible with the old two. E- it's not like a full re new versioning. It's just a, it's mostly just an orc thing. It's mostly removing the OGL
1: wording and stuff. Basically. Like that. And yeah.
0: they changed like divine and they changed the wording with, like, Oh yeah. There's no like good or evil damage anymore. It's like, uh, um, you know, divine and, Dark or something. Shadow, I think. <laughs> like, something like that. Sinister, maybe. But, yeah. So, you know, now that you know Pathfinder 2E is reconglomerating, OGL's out, perfect time for Starfinder 2E. Uh, the full playtest rulebook for Starfinder 2E will be out summer of 2024. And Paizo says they want this to be their most open playtest ever.
1: That means we're on the ground floor, yep. baby. We're gonna be getting in there. We're schmoozing with the Skittermanders. Everyone in space. We're gonna we're gonna meet some people. Here's
0: hoping, right? You know. Here's hoping. Uh, the new edition of, of Starfinder will be completely compatible with P two E as well as the Orc license. Why are these good things, Sam?
1: Well, uh, well, it's good things because we like the P two E system. Yes, even.
0: because we like P two E and we like the Orc license. But that's a little less relevant to the interest of the podcast. It also means. And this is the coolest thing. Do you have a monster that you like in Pathfinder and you want your Starfinder party to face it? It's as simple as just taking out the stat block and using it. Wait, really? Yes. It, that's, that's that's what they mean by fully that's compatible. That's so cool. Any what? sort of Starfinder. Enemy, you want to give a gun? I can fight your, Krampus in space? You can fight Krampus <laughs> in space easily. Easily, (laughs) they even give an example. Like, do you want a laser gun toting soldier to hang out with your clerics and wizards in your Pathfinder campaign? Easily done. Easily done. It really blurs the lines between these being two separate games. Honestly, it's like we're we're just which
1: I think is good. It's a good
0: thing. This is great, actually. Fantastic thing because there's classes and archetype combinations in Pathfinder that I'm like absolutely obsessed with that I'll be able to play in a sci-fi setting. Which holy shit. Can you and I think the, I personally think the action system is already perfect. Like oh my can, God. It's, it's as easy as one, two, three, game. right? The action yeah. system is, is the whole reason why this is a big deal. And, you know, not to mention Pathfinders completely demystified encounter building. You just snap together combats like, like Legos. You get a number for how many enemies that you can put in front of your players based on their strengths and and the amount of players in the party. And bam, you're, you're there. You can also, players can easily take the helm during mysteries and exploration Not to mention the balance. Oh, my God. Sam, the balance in P2E, like all those 5E players over there, they still can't figure out if (laughs) casters are overpowered or not. They're still having this debate. They
1: they still have to tell them they can't do certain things.
0: Yeah. Get get on on any D&D subreddit right now. Search, you know, caster and just like just. Sort by most controversial. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Have fun with that. Not to mention, you know, all the cool maneuvers that fighters can do that they had to make a whole new class in 5e just for fighters to get a shot at. So, you know, it's, you know, we're not here to shit on on Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Absolutely has its place. But I mean, these are improvements that P2E brings to the table that we'd love to see that will now be fully integrated into Starfinder. Um, not to mention, you know, there's just droves of quality content for for Paizo who got their start writing adventure paths, don't forget. And every year I got there's too many there's too many fucking adventure paths, Sam. Like every year <laughs> there's like two or three full one to twenty adventures that they just publish that are like twenty dollars if that, I think. You can get them in one print twenty. I think so. They're not expensive. That's crazy. Yeah. No
1: way they're one to 20, Stephen. The D&D books don't even go one to 20.
0: Oh, oh, Sam, every full length Pathfinder Adventure Path is one to 20. and That's insane. Probably they release plenty of shorter adventures, too. But everything that's labeled like Adventure Path, that's one to 20. That's awesome. There's like a more than 10 of them for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. You mean they've solved GMing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of a job, Stephen. What am I supposed to do, man? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, my only, the biggest problem I encountered when I sat down to GM... Pathfinder Second Edition was overthinking. Like, Swissy (laughs) asks a lot of everyone at the table, and that's a good thing, too. We love what Swissy forces us to do with each other. But, you know, I would sit there sweating, being like, oh my God, am I doing enough for this encounter? Like, is it balanced? Is it interesting? It just comes out the box like that, you know. You just you snap. You together. gotta trust the art, man. Yeah, you just you you read the in the Pathfinder book. That's like, oh hey, yeah, you know, a good adventure has a combat and then an exploration and then some downtime and then maybe another boss encounter and then it's like you just do that, you know. And you're like, it can't be this easy. And yeah, and you, you, you just go. No. <laughs> you keep in mind your normal storytelling skills, understand a good ebb and flow of a narrative, and then it, it just it just falls into place. It's incredible.
1: Is Pathfinder the best thing to hit uh, <laughs> GMs since Dice? <laughs> it's
0: best thing to hit this GM since Dice, that's for sure.
1: Uh, well, Stephen, so for people who aren't super familiar, like Pathfinder, compared to traditional d20 rpgs pathfinder's got the three action system which we love talking about yep no more action bonus action free action stuff like that you've just got three actions and no nope. every action in the game is listed as having one to three actions or even none or as a reaction
0: and this might not sound a big deal to vets because you know people like us you know we know what a standard move swift bonus action are we understand what those are and how they fit together when you're trying to teach that to someone who's especially never played RPGs before, they fucking hate it. They hate you. They hate the all the <laughs> <words>. <laughs> they hate the, all the words in the book that don't make sense. When you say, I've taught Pathfinder to people. I, I've I've people. There's a campaign going on right now full of people who have never even really heard of RPGs before that started their own campaign after I showed them Pathfinder Second Edition once, and it was part of that success was that the action system was just totally not. A hurdle it was like oh it's not a debate club anymore exactly it's just- <laughs> there's no more confusing between you know different types of actions it's just like oh attacking takes one action moving takes one action or more if you want to move more spells take two to three actions cantrips usually one like it's that's it anything they want to do can easily fit in this one two three counter which you know this is not a Pathfinder episode. This is a Starfinder episode. So maybe we should get right into it. It's a
1: foundation, Steven. You're it's right. a foundation. You're right. I not everyone understands it was worth bringing up.
0: Our love for P2E. <laughs>
1: exactly. Well, that's this is the cell. This is that that's like the carrot on the stick, right? We're trying to be like, hey, check this out. Well, I mean, really cool know, sci-fi uh.
0: <laughs> And that's part of it too. And another reason why I I want to feature this, I maybe mean, I should say this for later in the episode, but I'll, I'll say it now too. I there's a few people out there working on like the next star Wars RPG project. And a lot of people are basing that work off of pathfinder second edition. You should stop now. I want you to halt all work because this is going to do most of the heavy lifting for us. I think a lot of people out here love Swissy. I think a lot of people would love to see a system that has the soul of Swissy built for a more, you know, modern RPG sensibilities. There's nothing wrong with Swissy as it is, but I I think if we could build something like Swissy, with what we've learned in RPGs in the past 20 years, I think that would be amazing. Uh, I think Starfinder 2nd Edition could be that base. You know, it's going to change wildly. We are at the first field test. This is like the alpha of alpha builds of the game right now. So it's going to change, but quite possibly, if we're lucky, this could serve as the foundation of Swissy 2, which if you know me, you know that that's a joke I like to throw around. But this time it's serious.
1: Well put, Stephen. It's definitely one of those things that would, because the sell, the sale, the selling point for Swissy isn't that it's an RPG. It's that it's a Star Wars RPG. Exactly. And if anything could make the RPG part as palatable as possible <laughs> for new players, then absolutely they should do it. Which is, you know, Starfinder Second Edition. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yes. But yes, yeah, so let's talk about this field test, Stephen. I'm, I'm, you're back from the field. How was it? It was
0: good. You know, I'm, I'm a little dusty, but uh, hey, we, you know, we're out here. Let me just, just brush brush that off. Um, Paizo revealed four of five classes to be revealed in the play test come next summer. These four classes they revealed along with the field test that we're talking about today are the soldier, the mystic, the envoy, and the solarian. The field test in particular centers on the soldier. They also revealed that Starfinder 2nd Edition will have six base classes. Now, hold on. Six base classes and the first one is named Soldier? Does that sound almost exactly like another game (laughs) that we love? Maybe with five base classes where the first one's named Soldier? No, (laughs) it can't be. And even the ones that they revealed, Soldier, okay. Mystic, huh. Now, what could that be? Envoy? Oh, you mean like some sort of... Noble? <laughs> oh, Solarian? You mean the extremely lore-specific warrior that's in tune to the nature of creation and destruction across space? <laughs> now, now, where have I Earth. heard some archetypes like that before? I swear to
1: God, if one of the other ones is techie, I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> uh,
0: the, the soldier, in short... This is our tank. This is our heavy weapons guy and our all-around bruiser. Um, the designers left some sidebar notes with a really cute. This is actually this is a Skittermander, Sam. This this character that they've.
1: I noticed. Yeah, I noticed him. Um,
0: really unoriginal name, I must. Captain Concierge. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love him. No,
0: it's great. Very cute. Very cute. He's a little Skittermander with a captain hat. It's it's great. But the devs left some notes through the the colorful personality of of Captain Concierge. Uh, as sidebars in this field test, the the designers did not want to make a fighter in space. And, and it really isn't. And you'll see why in a sec. Because at first it kind of sounds like it. I'm like, okay, this is just, this is our fighter and whatever. But no, there already is a fighter in space. And it's called just using the fighter class from Pathfinder 2 E and Starfinder, which you'll be able to do on release. But this is built around taking damage and doing splashy attacks. This is the, the main attribute for the soldier. Can you guess, Sam? Uh, strength con what it's a con based class fuck you <laughs> don't you dare dump con <laughs> if you're going to be playing soldier because that is your no! main attribute yep yep I know I know what you're thinking you'll never make me take my con medicine <laughs> <laughs> search your feelings you know it to be true <laughs>
1: Possible.
0: my analysis it's it's kind of like a barbarian fighter but even that's selling it short and you'll see why later mostly because of the emphasis on ranged combat it's really it's it's a lot like swissy soldier i'm sorry i, I hate to just point out the thing that i like that is named like the new thing but it, and of <laughs> course the, you know there's probably half a dozen distinct directions you can build swissy soldier in but like this is one of them you are a heavy armor two-handed heavy weapon specialist. The same is true for both Swissy soldier and this, the Starfinder soldier we're looking at here. The design team actually thinks they might be a little too durable, um, but we'll, we'll find out. Um, they had a really fucking cheeky Leroy Jenkins reference in in the sidebar about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, the design team is 33.3% repeating. Of course, sure, that it's too too durable. And I'm like, wow, thanks. Thanks, Captain Concierge. So for those of you who don't know, this is a, uh, a Pathfinder class, obviously Starfinder in this case. So you've got, um, you've got a, a nice little page here that, that details everything about the class in, in one go. And I'll just go ahead and go down here and Sam, if it's too long or too boring, you just go ahead and stop me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Soldier, you are a master of area weapons, heavy armor and taking punishment. You stand in the thick of battle and unleash devastating salvos against your foes while taking withering fire in return. By laying down a barrage of suppressing fire with powerful weapons, you set your allies up to achieve their respective roles while encouraging enemies to focus on you. It's a tank, baby. This is your MMO tank. During combat encounters, you set yourself up on the battlefield to rain down fire with heavy weapons. You then take abuse from foes as they advance through your attacks, having the ability to swap to heavy melee attacks once your foes close the distance. During social encounters, you often stand back and let others do the talking while providing support from the threat of your weaponry and sheer bulk. Sometimes you (laughs) might surprise others with an insightful take. That's kind of how I socialize, too. Yeah, your sheer bulk. And and my insightful (laughs) (laughs) takes. While exploring, you're at the front of the group, weathering any foes or hazards that appear along the way. You position yourself so you take advantage of your weaponry, but you also act as a shield for your allies. In downtime, you work long, exhausting jobs, You might take time to retrain certain things you've learned or tinker with your heavy weapons to procure, or sorry, and procure new ammunition and upgrades. You might employ your heavy weapons to take the brunt of the enemy's attention in combat, relishing the attention while taking heavy fire. You may rush forward into danger, knowing that your sheer bulk and endurance will see you through. You think this class is about sheer bulk? You think sheer bulk (laughs) is playing a a big role here?
1: Sheer bulk's my favorite band from uh, (laughs) the 60s and 70s.
0: (laughs) You may make dangerous...
1: punk days.
0: (laughs) You may make dangerous gambits when employing your area of effect weapons, either putting yourself or your allies in danger. Others probably rely on you to take the lead and absorb incoming fire. Assume there's not much more to you than wielding big weapons and taking a beating, and appreciate what your presence alone brings to the negotiating table.
1: That was good. They did a good job at... at I I'm always on the fence when they write things out like that, where it's like, this is what your character might do, or this is what how your character acts. But this was really well-written. And I honestly, it, it sells me on the soldier. No,
0: absolutely. And I, I actually, I, Paisa's really good at writing these. All the ones for Pathfinder are fucking incredible. I'm also wary of things like this, too, because I, I don't want a game that like hands a script to any given player about like, here's how you act when you are a rogue. Here's how you act when you are a ranger. It's like that's very unsexy and not. It's how to inspire,
1: though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I say you might or stuff like that. You ex- know,
0: ex- and the way Paizo does it, they, they kind of just list examples They, they really just kind of go through the archetypes that they're aiming for with this class. They don't like give you a script or, or typical behavior. They just say, oh, yeah, soldiers tend to do these things or those things. I like them because especially for newer or indecisive players, especially both, um, these little snippets are usually great for, you know, what what they want to see when selecting their class. They usually these things usually conjure to mind like a character they like and then bam, they want to play it. A nice uh, Starfinder class also gives you a few class features, these are like things you get at level 1. Um, and also as tradition in most Paizo classes, you get to like choose Sub a subclass is a decent word for it. it. Really, maybe archetype, even though archetype's a different thing in this game. But uh, you you know what I mean, Sam. What what do you think is a is a good like a, like the types of bards you can be and the types of clerics stuff like that? Oh, specialization. Yeah, specializations. That's right. Subclass is a little too strong of a word. I think specialization is is great.
1: Yeah, subclass is too rigid. E- specialization is the more more fluid word I would use there.
0: Definitely. So we'll get to those in a sec, but first the class features. There's suppressing fire, and it's a whole lot of words here just to say when you hit with an area weapon and an enemy fails that save in that area, they apply a new condition, uh, new to Starfinder, called suppressed, where they take a minus one penalty to attacks and minus five feet to speed. Sam, I want you to keep the suppressed condition in your mind. It's going to be really important as we move through this.
1: I know this, Steven. I could do this. I know this. Suppressing people, yeah, I know this. Right? Still- Suppress an enemy? Suppress it's it's still here. It's-
0: <laughs> but think think about that. You know, think about Swissy as we move through this. Swissy, in my humble opinion, kind of really mastered ranged combat at the table. I really love how Swissy does ranged combat. And you know, we're we're playing zero distance still, you know, we're flying around in space. It's still good. It still feels amazing. That's re- what
1: I'm really Uh, unrelated, but that's what I'm really waiting for, for this, for these field tests. Are we going to get a weird space combat that's going to suck or or is it going to be really good?
0: It's something to watch. Starfinder 1E space combat was okay. I don't remember a lot of it. It is hex based though. That's pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. And really emphasizes like, um, like directions, like you, you, not every weapon on your ship can hit every direction because oh, they're it's,
1: faced certain ways yeah so yeah yeah faced cool
0: weapons way. are important in in starfinder 1e combat and i don't really i, I we had like one starship encounter so i really don't very, remember
1: very piracy kind of vibe you know very very piracy <laughs> very like
0: traditional naval Pirates. combat but um you know i'll be watching with bated breath as as we see what they do with starship combat because that's going to make all the difference in whether or not this is like the the good base foundation for a potential you know swissy two. Another uh, class feature is primary target. Oh, sorry. We'll step back to suppressing fire. That applies to your whole area that you're attacking. Like, oh, if you attack a okay. big area yeah, with yeah, lots yeah. of enemies, they all have to fail a save to get suppressed. And, you know, they just, if it's a bunch of mooks, which, God, I hope in your case it is, they probably will. And that is so, so cool. Primary target modifies suppressing fire in an exciting way. When you make an attack with an area effect weapon such as one with area fire or get this auto fire actions.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's all here. Swissy's <laughs> in here. They, they know the DNA is here. Yeah. Someone in here knows, Oh, you know, Owen CK Stevens is a lead. Does AC Stevens, not on this. Yeah, but he's got to have a hand oh, Starfinder in Starfinder One. Yeah, but if he he's a I lead designer for Starfinder One, I bet he's at the table for this to some degree. We gotta we gotta find out. Wait, the, I,
1: he wasn't in the in the credits. He wasn't the okay. I was just
0: about to check for the credits. The
1: test. I checked.
0: Okay, well, I'm sure I'm sure he's part of this in some degree. I'm sure he's consultant. Yes. When you make an attack with an area of effect weapon, such as those with area fire or auto fire actions, you this can, is the primary target. Uh, feature. Right? Yeah, so we're still in the primary target class feature. You can choose to make a ranged attack roll against a single creature, either adjacent to the center point of the attack or the closest within a cone or line. A lot of words just to say a, a guy who happens to be close to the center of your area. Whoever you aim at the most. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Whoever you want to effectively based on how you aim. Instead of requiring that creature to make a save, if you hit that target, they're just automatically suppressed.
1: Yes, you make a roll instead of uh, give I- inquiring a save, right?
0: Yes, yes. There, there is no, there is no save that they make if they're if you choose them as your primary target. If you choose a primary target at all, no saves at all. If you hit them, they're suppressed. Heck yeah! That's pretty much a swissy talent too. I mean, I'm really thinking about the all the various heavy weapons. Like that's um, God, what is that? That's the one that that um, your duros likes prime target. Prime target. Oh my God! Look at look, prime target, primary target. Come on. <laughs> and now here we are at the class specializations uh for soldiers they're called fighting styles armor storm basically as long as you're wearing heavy armor you're never damaged by your own attacks
1: that's pretty cool
0: period that's it
1: i was i honestly i didn't think that was going to be a problem but <laughs> well you know if you're
0: standing in your own area attack that's gonna, fair yeah. <laughs> bombard is the second fighting style It lowers the DC for your allies to save against your area effects, which is hilarious.
1: (laughs) The implication that you're going to be hitting your allies with your effects.
0: Yeah. And then there's close quarters, which, you know, I'm a bit of a melee bitch. So I'm actually like, I'm going to be completely open. I'm very excited about this third one more than the others. Um, (laughs) When you successfully strike with a two handed melee weapon, they are suppressed until the start of your next turn. So that gives you suppression on your melee weapon. You also get a reaction called punitive strike. If a suppressed creature in your reach uses a manipulate or move action, basically a spell or moving, or leaves a square, you bonk them. And if you crit, it cancels the triggering action. This is an attack of opportunity. Oh, and
1: for those unfamiliar, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, uh... Creatures don't just have tax opportunity. It's a special action you have to
0: have. That's correct. Classes have to work their way into having attack of opportunity. I believe only fighters start with it. And then I believe there's other ways for, I think, like monk and maybe some other fringe case I'm not thinking of where you can effectively get a literal attack of opportunity or something that is really damn close. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But this is one of those things where it's it's. Kind of an attack of opportunity, but it's also unique to the soldier.
0: Yeah, it's, it requires specialized conditions, a, a penalty that only soldiers, so far as we know, have access to. Really, really, really cool. This actually ties into a uh, a feat that I'm going to show you here in just a sec.
1: Steven, can you, really quick, how many reactions do you get? You only get one reaction per round? You get
0: one, one reaction per round in Pathfinder. Okay. Yeah, not okay. different from Swissy, or Swissy will you give have, you yeah. as many reactions as you have triggers for which honestly I, I prefer that. I think that's way more fun because you can do some ridiculous shit. Yeah. (laughs) So feats, uh, this is a, this, uh, field test, which I recommend, you know, checking out for yourself, you know, regardless of, of whether or not you're listening to this, do look through. It's a level one to five guide, basically for the soldier. We have feats, a, a, a plethora of soldier feats going all the way up to level five here. I've selected three. We probably wouldn't be fun and don't have the time to go through all of them. Uh, It's
1: more fun to save some for you to go read about later. Exactly.
0: Level one feed. This is what I was talking about. Quick swap as a reaction. Stow your current weapon and draw another two handed weapon when a creature moves adjacent to you. Oh, Mook closes the distance and gets next to you. Guess what? Your sword is already out and you're going to you're going to hit him with the, the close quarters fighting style immediately.
1: I've got my two handed energy hammer here just yep. uh, waiting for someone to get close. It's just
0: right here. It's, you know, it was just in my, oh, I was on my back, you know, I just pulled it out. They step up to you reaction to draw next turn. They, you know, maybe prepare a spell or, you know, any, any, some, do something stupid. You hit them, <laughs> you hit them hard.
1: Do something is stupid. Like try and cast a spell. Yeah. Uh, suppressed idiot. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> or try to move away from you. Say, you know, you get one hit off. They try to move. You're going to hit them again. Menacing laughter, level two, another classic feat. Very reminiscent of a lot of things you can do in Swissy. It's one action. You can attempt intimidation checks to demoralize each creature within thirty feet that you suppressed this turn.
1: What does demoralizing do in in uh, this system again? I totally
0: let's look it up.
1: I know it's like at a condition, though.
0: It is. I believe I want to say it's a penalty to. Oh god. Reflex? Oh, that's right. So demoralizing can give the frightened condition, which is a penalty to all your checks and DCs by the frightened value. So by default, that's going to be frightened one. So that's a minus one, all your checks and all your DCs. And at the end of your turn, the value of the frightened condition decreases by one. That's really good. Definitely. So if you critically succeed on frightened or on demoralizing, you get frightened two. So you're minus two and the next turn you'll go down to minus one. That's that's how frightened works in P2E. That's
1: I mean, in a system where hitting 10 below uh, uh, an AC is an automatic miss is so.
0: That's another thing I I forgot to mention about why we love Pathfinder is the, the crit system. Yes. 10 above a DC. That's a critical success that that's a crit. We call that a crit. That's crazy. Success doesn't
1: even need to be a nat 20. It can just be
0: 10 above. Yep, exactly. And, you know, critical failures are fun, too, because they can, especially with saves, because especially the higher level spells, if you critically fail against those, you're just fucked. You're dead. You're done.
1: Oh, yeah. So if they got you just turn your the whole everyone in the cone into a minus two fool. Exactly. And
0: then best case scenario, you launch a huge salvo against a bunch of stupid fucking mooks, you know, maybe some laser wolves. We'll get to those in a sec. Not only did you just hit them all with suppression, not only did you just deal, like, you know, 20 to 30 damage to each of them, now, you say your intimidation goes well, they all get minus two on all their checks and DCs, the encounter is over. (laughs) There isn't much left after that. And then the level four feed I wanted to feature was Punishing Salvo, which is a lot of words to put simply. If your last action was a strike, an attack on your primary target, you remember primary target, Sam, you can just Mm -hmm. make a second attack. This one can't be an area attack, and it won't count as an area attack, though it can be made with with any weapon. But yeah, just an extra attack. That's it. That's great.
1: That's so good. I love it. I mean, extra attacks are hard to come by in this. I mean, they're easy to come by in this system, but without a... This is without a... This is a reaction, yeah. That's so good. Oh, it's a reaction. That's sick as hell. Oh no,
0: I'm sorry. It's it's a one action.
1: You fool! Yeah,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> does it does it get a multi-attack penalty or no?
0: It doesn't say, which means I think it does. Wow. But it also lets you attack multiple times with weapons that normally prevent it.
1: Oh cuz you need to reload typically. Yeah. yeah. There's also I, it, it mentions so an long.
0: unwieldy trait. I think that might be a thing in Pathfinder, but it basically just means if a weapon has the unwieldy trait, you cannot attack multiple times with it. This ignores that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's rad. Mm-hmm. So, the soldier's looking great. I really this is this is the kind of class I like to play. It's big Bombastic. It's got a lot of debuffs going on. I hope you notice that. It's got some classic tankiness going on with some delightful, delightful two-handed weapon mastery. Um, this is a very fun class. This is pure fun.
1: I'm excited. I'm if this is the soldier, I can't wait to see what the crazier shit is. Right? Like what's
0: the what's the mystic gonna look like? Oh man. The iconic for that one's a bug. <laughs> it's a bug. It's a bug. <laughs> it's a bug. <laughs>
1: Man. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stephen, for bringing that to us.
0: Oh, of course. Can't wait to see what else we got here.
1: I'm, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. The, don't worry. The field test isn't over. No, there's
0: more. There's so much more.
1: There is more. All right. Stephen, you tackled the class that they brought in the first field test and I went ahead and scoped out what we're looking at because to- you can't be a soldier. What's a soldier without his weapon? Right? Nothing. You're just a
0: dude. You're just a guy. You're,
1: you're just a guy. You can't even you can't even like shoot people without a weapon. So I'm, we're talking about the weapons. Uh, just like in Pathfinder Second Edition, Rage weaponry in Starfinder Second Edition requires an attack roll. Rage attack rolls use Dex as their ability monitor uh, <laughs> ability monitor ability modifier. It's a D20 roll, plus your dex mod, plus your proficiency bonus, plus any other bonuses you might get, and penalties. Uh, all weapons are split into simple and martial weapons. Depending on your class, you'll have training in either of those. And they have the following statistics. They have a damage plus a damage type. So there's bludgeoning, uh, B for bludgeoning, P for piercing, S for slashing, A for acid, C for cold, E for electric, F for fire, M for ah oh crap. Uh
0: I think it's I think it's E for energy as well.
1: Oh, E for energy. Did I say electric? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Not fucking Pokemon.
1: <laughs> e for energy, M for mental, Po for poison, and so for Sonic.
0: Very like impressive a, lineup.
1: Impressive lineup. Uh each weapon also tells you how many hands it requires to use the weapon and characters can only perform actions with their active hands if they have more than two hands. (laughs) Right. You can only use your active hands-equipped items at once unless you use an action to switch active hands- uh, unless you have some sort of intensive training that allows you to use multiple sets of hands. I
0: think that's, to a, do things I think that's a nudge, nudge, wink, wink about like mm-hmm. an Ancestry feat or something oh, coming down I'm the line. Oh, I'm so
1: excited to play as like a ten-armed, fucked-up thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> from, the, from the dork galaxy.
0: <laughs> you sure are from the dork galaxy.
1: Hey! Uh, each weapon also has a capacity, which is their ammunition. So it's like batteries, tanks of petrol for like flamethrowers, cartridges, stuff like that. Most projectile weapons use rounds, while most injection weapons use darts. And it says here around uh, each cartridge is like one credit per cartridge. So I guess uh, time is money, but so is bullets. Oh, hey, I love it. <laughs> uh, also, usage. So it's how much ammunition is used per strike. So some weapons will use. Two ammunition per strike, etc. So on. Stuff like scatter guns, stuff like that. We also have upgrades. So most weapons can get one upgrade, some weapons can get more, and it'll tell you how many upgrades each weapon can be outfitted with. And lastly, we've got weapon traits. Weapon traits are how weapons are made unique in this system. For example, a weapon with the automatic as a trait can be fired for two actions instead of one as an automatic fire area attack. Ooh. The way automatic fire works compared to what we're used to here in the Dark Times uh, is You hit each creature in a comb with a range equal to half the weapon's range increment. Any creatures in the area must succeed as a basic reflex save against your class DC, plus the tracking value of the weapon. You don't roll an attack roll. This damage is area damage. Creatures that critically fail this save are subject to effects that occur on a critical hit with this weapon, including the weapon's critical specialization effect. Automatic fire has a usage equal to half the weapon's uh, maximum capacity. So with automatic weapon, you can either tra- attack a single target with an attack roll, or force any creatures in the area to make a basic save against your class DCV. Steven, some people may be unfamiliar with the basic save, and I don't know; it's the, the words kind of, the words sound easy, but might be confusing to some.
0: Yeah, what, I th- what's a basic save in this system? I think I remember it well, and and we'll we'll edit it if I'm wrong. But <laughs> We're all cool with the idea of like a save against a DC, right? Like we don't do that in Swissy, but like everyone's played D and D where where we do that. If you don't know what that is, just know that you know you roll against a specific number on your character sheet. That that's all.
1: Yeah. So there's there's successes, critical successes, failures, critical failures, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Critical failure. So a basic save entails critical success it means you take no damage from the spell hazard effect what have you that made you make the save. If you get a success on that save, you take half the listed damage from the effect. On a failure, you take the full damage. And on a critical failure, you take double damage. That's a basic save in a Paizo system.
1: There we go. There we go. Uh, Other traits include analog. Ooh. This weapon issues advanced electronics, computer systems, and electric power sources, but was manufactured and calibrated using advanced technology. This weapon is immune to abilities that target technology. Weapon runes, as found in Pathfinder, don't function on this weapon unless this weapon also has the archaic trait. While this use of the word analog is not technically correct when referring (laughs) to technology, use of the term in this way has become common throughout the Pact Worlds. Very nice. We also have the Archaic. uh, I I wanted to mention this one just because it's so fucking funny. The Archaic trait. This weapon is crafted using traditional methods and materials, but is not suitable for striking modern armor. All weapons from Pathfinder 2nd Edition have the Archaic trait. Nice. (laughs) Weapon runes as found in Pathfinder function normally with Archaic weapons. When a creature with non-Archaic armor takes damage from an Archaic weapon, that creature gains resistance 10 against the attack.
0: Very cool. Isn't that cool? I love it.
1: So instead of being like, how do we balance? How do we balance the swords that already deal three d eight to the guns? Will you make them everyone have resistance ten against the sword?
0: It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty kiss. I must say, it's pretty. Keep it simple, oh, stupid. I, I like it.
1: it. I love it. We also have the tech trait. Weapons with the tech trait incorporate electronics, computer systems, and power sources. Sometimes the weapon uses. Use such little energy that can rely on integrated power sources, such as melee weapons that don't have the capacity, while others drain batteries with attacks. Weapon runes, as found in Pathfinder, don't function on these weapons. Tracking. This one's important. This weapon has been developed with several integrated targeting, stabilizing, and homing systems. Attack rolls with this weapon gain an item bonus equal to the listed value. So like a plus one, plus two, you have tracking one, tracking two, stuff like
0: that. Oh, cool. I like that. Wait, that that's your, that's your, there's your weapon rune. Yeah,
1: those are, those are your runes,
0: basically. Yeah.
1: Here's a couple weapons straight from the field test, the Laser Pistol and the Roto-Laser. Laser Pistol. The trusty sidearm of most interstellar travelers, the Laser Pistol has an untold number of makes and models across the galaxy. These small arms work in tandem with compact batteries to unleash pinpoint shots of directed energy at their intended targets. Lower-end models tend to gobble up battery charges, while higher-end models often trade overall capacity for increased damage. Roto-laser, employing a moving array of lenses, the, this weapon uses a, also uses a rotating set of barrels that allow for a series of short laser blasts in an area. Roto-lasers can unleash a blistering hall of fire or be calibrated to fire, fire single shots in short succession, say that five times fast, without oh. worrying about depleting ammunition. They straddle a line between being a full area suppression weapon and a tactical rifle, though, though paying for that price in weight.
0: That's, that's fine, Sam. That's very, very good. Yeah. Very colorful fiction. Great, great work. Everyone, everyone clap for Sam. Oh, 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 oh. Um, No stats?
1: Oh, well, Steven, there's different levels of weapons. So that's why there's no stats for those. The weapons are, there's different kinds of level. There's commercial, tactical, and advanced weapons, which I like this. I like how this is done. commercial weapons are exactly that. No fancy upgrades and lower capacity. Perfect for the level zero creep to threaten your party with before getting completely obliterated by your level five soldier. Uh, Tactical weapons are more speed. They got higher capacity, typically a basic tracking upgrade, which is a plus one. Nothing to sneeze at. Advanced weapons are how you know you've made it to the top of some corpo shit list if the goons he sent in after you are rocking these bad boys. Even higher capacity, higher damage, typically more dice of damage, and a whopping two upgrade slots as well. These bad boys mean business.
0: Man, what other game? It's so familiar. That, that's so cool, Sam. I love that. But what other game have I played that uses some sort of tiered equipment system that denotes the <laughs> threat and also availability of... Of that equipment. Does that sound familiar <laughs> to you? Some sort, of, uh, some sort of category of
1: availability. You'll have to make a knowledge bureaucracy check to.
0: <laughs> very good. Very good.
1: Oh, man. That's great. That's great.
0: Well, we've also we're not done. Yeah, we're not. done.
1: There's we, so much we haven't covered and still there's so much we have covered. Yeah. And we're still not
0: done. We're still not done. The field test continues. Oh, it even has a little blurb about currency. You'll have to read in that yourself, dear listener. I didn't even see that when I went through this the first time.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: We've got creatures.
1: We've got creatures? Introducing. So, wait, Steven. So, so this is like, so it's Starfighter. It's like sci-fi Pathfinder. So, what, yeah. you fight like, you just fight like dragons with... Like like protogens or whatever?
0: Yes, actually. The the dragons are (laughs) are a major enemy in Starfinder. They are typically at the helm of intergalactic corporations.
1: That's cool as fuck. Wait, what? Really?
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm being dead serious. Like most of the dragons you encounter are meant to be as like a CEO in like, you know, Star (laughs) Corp or whatever.
1: Oh, because it's like. It's like a 40K situation where it's the fantasy world, but in the far future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the dragons still exist and shit like that. Yeah, there's dragons,
0: but like their horde is like business conglomerates.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's great.
0: It's really sick.
1: Oh my God. Do you think there's going to be campaigns out there where the dragons were like the same dragon from the from the actual Pathfinder campaign and they go on to be old enough to run a corporation in the in the sci-fi tech universe. Hey,
0: I'm stealing that, by the way.
1: (laughs) I'm so excited. That's my idea. Good.
0: So, um, well, you you mentioned, you know, you asked what sort of creatures you encounter in a Starfinder game, and I think it should be just better to show you. Introducing the computer glitch Gremlin. Among the dizzying specimens of Fey—that's right, this is this is a computer virus and also a Fey. Keep that in mind. Among the dizzying specimens of Fey are the glitch gremlins. These typically single-minded Fae dedicate their existence in the universe to creating mayhem through their association with specific types of technology. The lowly computer glitch gremlin is one such specimen, having its being intuitively tied with the computerized devices and networks of the modern age. These cavorting fey make it their mission to create as much havoc as they can by influencing computer systems and creating chaos in their wake. Known for their innate ability to communicate with digital devices, these fey routinely become infatuated with such systems, often viewing it as a strange game of how they can best subvert even the most well-protected of digital systems. A computer glitch gremlin has an appearance often based on the specific type of data it has consumed, but they almost always stand about 1 foot tall and weigh around 4 pounds. Due to some peculiarity, a large number of computer glitch gremlins take on the telltale appearance of a goblin, save that their eyes are replaced with a digital screen that displays information relevant to their specific interests.
1: Oh, I see that the field test has an image included of a computer glitch gremlin. Uh, These things are horrifying. Yeah, they're kind of
0: scary, but really kind of cute too, but like... (laughs) He's got a bunch of like port, like USB ports on his head. And, and I love his LCD screen with an emoticon on it. That's, and that's great. The cables great. come out of his fingers. Yeah. Yeah. The cables kind of <laughs> throw me off, but that classic Paizo art. I, I just love it. I
1: love it. I love it.
0: Before we get into this guy, um, he, he introduces a new condition as well. Glitching is a condition that affects objects and or creatures with the tech trait. And it always includes a value. A glitching creature or object experiences a combination of debilitating effects and moments of seizing up. If you have glitching equipment and take any action involving that equipment, you must attempt a DC-10 flat check to see what occurs. That's just rolling a die, rolling a d20 against a value of 10. There's no modifiers. If you have the glitching condition on yourself, you must make this flat check at the beginning of every round. On a critical success, you reduce your glitching value by 1. So if you're hit with a glitching 1 effect, then it doesn't affect you at all. On a success, you act as normal or use your equipment as normal. On a failure, you take an item penalty on all your checks and DCs equal to your glitching value or the glitching value on the item you're attempting to use. On a critical failure, you count as stunned 1 for the round. Alternatively, the object you try to use does not function, and you lose the actions you took to attempt to use it. Glitching's pretty bad. Glitching can be very, very bad. If you so Obviously, these guys inflict glitching. We'll get into how in just one second. But you throw like six. These are negative one, you know, threat level creatures. They are just little gremlins, little goblins. But, you know, throw six in a combat, especially with a greater threat. If they get glitch off, that's going to be a real problem. Oh, yeah. I like that. Your
1: party members are most likely going to be using tech weapons. Certainly. Because you're all it's it's Starfinder. You're not using a tech weapon. Then you're fucking weird. You're some weird monk with an archaic gun. And a, from a weird religious uh, space haven. Like, well, that's such a weird character. Like, why would you show up to a sci-fi campaign and not want to play a sci-fi character?
0: I certainly wouldn't know. So, um, yeah, they, they've got a they've got a bite attack. They got a little spark attack. But I think the I think the, the main the, the kicker here is their glitch aura, which has the aura and the primal magic tags. Creatures and items with the tech trait within 20 feet of the glitch gremlin struggle to function reliably. Creatures with the tech trait, unattended items with the tech trait, or creatures holding equipment with the tech trait that start their turn in the aura must attempt a DC 16 will save. On a critical success, no effect, and the creature or item is temporarily immune to the glitch aura for one minute. That's why I love these these Paizo aura abilities. If you fail one, or if you critically succeed against one, you don't have to worry about it Like for the rest of the encounter. It's so great. <laughs> On a success, you're unaffected. On a failure, the creature item or all the creatures held items become glitching one. Wow. Critical failure, the creature item or all the creatures held items become glitching two. And then we just discussed what what glitching entails and what it does. Um, There's some as of yet unreleased spells that these guys can do. I just wanted to read off. They have delete, thunder strike. (laughs) (laughs) Delete's a great spell. Delete is a really good spell. Uh, as well as figment and recharge weapon. Oh, it actually—it says figment will appear in in pa- the the new Pathfinder book coming and th- out
1: and thunderstrike. Yeah,
0: and thunderstrike. Oh yeah, sure enough, sick. I'm excited. I'm very excited. So that's that's a good like little level negative one creature. But let's let's get a little more serious. The, at the start of the field test, they're going on and on about laser wolves. Like, oh, you want you? Uh, welcome to Starfinder. We got laser wolves, not a, not a timber wolf. No laser wolf. It's Starfinder. Not, these, not a wimpy ass Loth cat. What the
1: fuck is that?
0: <laughs> the Loth cats in the new Ahsoka show are so fucking cute.
1: I bet they are. Oh
0: my I God. Bet they are. They really knocked it out of the park with those. It's a puppet, I think. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a, this is a laser wolf or, or the lore friendly name is Tashtari. Tari. They really want you to throw these in your Pathfinder game immediately, probably to plug the new upcoming product to your players and just because it's fucking cool. As you'll see, they're actually from the same solar system as Galarian, which is the Pathfinder-like planet.
1: Oh, cool, cool, cool.
0: Native to the green world of Castravel, the Tashtari has become known throughout the wider galaxy as the Laser Wolf. These wolf-like pack hunters have a layer of flexible filaments that emit phosphorescent lights, which allow them to silently communicate through a bespoke visual language. Very cool. Each Tashtari possesses a node within its throat that allows it to channel its stored solar energy and unleash a beam of focused light, giving the species their moniker of laser wolves. Wasn't there a Digimon that was kind of like this? (laughs) There might be. A mating pair comprising of one or two alphas lead packs of Tashtaris who generally become the apex predators of large areas that include one or more forested regions. The presence of trees is important for the nocturnal tushtaris. They use them to sleep atop during the day, basking in sunlight to recharge their solar energies. Laser wolves have an average length of four to five feet with a two foot long tail. They weigh on average 120 pounds. Alpha specimens are slightly broader and weigh more, but are more notable for their expanded muzzle that contains a higher concentration of filaments to create more elaborate light patterns. That's cool as fuck. Really, really cool. But yeah, and it also says here, you know, they are from the same solar system as Galarian. So, hey... They might find their way there through a magic portal or, you know, some other, <laughs> some such fuckery. So, yeah, throw them at your Pathfinder players. Why not? It says there's a...
1: That's so great. Anywhere
0: between 3 and 12 to a pack with one or two alphas. The base Tashtari is level 3. Uh, it's got a jaw attack plus a knockdown effect. It, it's ranged attack, though. Imagine if you were just a poor little forest squirrel and your main predator had a <laughs> muzzle beam.
1: Muzzle beam! Yes. <laughs>
0: A plus 12 ranged attack (laughs) with fire damage and a range of 60 feet. Damage is 1d6 plus 4 plus 1d4 persistent fire damage.
1: Bro, that's a brisket squirrel now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that is... We're barbecuing tonight. Uh, They also have Bristle Flash, which is a one-action ability. They cause the filaments to glow with an intense light. non chashtaris within a 40-foot emanation. Must attempt a DC-19 Fortitude save. A creature that attempts the save is immune to all Bristle Flashes for one minute. The Tushtari's fur loses its glow, and it can't use this ability until it basks in sunlight for at least 10 minutes. Critical success, you're unaffected. On a success, you're dazzled for one round. On a failure, you're dazzled for one minute. This fucking dog flashbangs you. (laughs) And on a critical failure, you're blinded for one round and dazzled for one minute. This fucking dog flashbang me, dude. I'm going to see what dazzling does, because I forgot. Your eyes are overstimulated. If vision is your only precise sense, all creatures and objects are concealed from you. And concealed is just, we won't go over Pathfinder concealment right now, but it's good, I promise. (laughs) It's better than... It's better than (laughs) which isn't really defined. And then we also have a stat block for a Teshitari Alpha here, which is a creature level five. It is identical, but instead of... uh, Oh, it also has Bristle Flash, but it also has another ability, a two-action... Super ability called Solar Cry. A searing rainbow erupts from the Tushtari Alpha's mouth as it throws back its head to unleash a powerful muzzle beam that soars into the sky. The beam then splits into countless rays of multicolored light that crash down in every direction. Just a wolf, by the way. Uh, dealing 4d6 <laughs> dealing fire damage to each non Teshtari in a 20-foot emanation. DC19 basic reflex save. A creature that critically fails its save is also dazzled for one minute. Other Tashtaris in the area recharge their daily use of bristle flash. The Teshtari Alpha's glowing heart dims, and it can't use this ability until it recharges by basking in sunlight for over an hour.
1: So funny.
0: So hold on a second. This is what they're positing as the as Starfinder's basic fucking wolf. You know, your, your first encounter.
1: With it's a re- creature. It's a creature five, Steven. So it's a level five creature. So let's not.
0: No, fuck you. It's, it's the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the cre- fine, 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 fine. Your second encounter at the table. Dear God. For sure, for sure. It's a level three base creature. It's got a level, you know, five mini boss with it. All these dogs can flash bang you and shoot lasers. And then the alpha can recharge the whole pack to keep flashbanging everyone. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool. <laughs> God Damn. And it, shoot, it shoots fucking rainbow into the sky that rains down on you like a bunch of fucking like Gundam missiles.
1: <laughs> I do love
0: it a lot. Badass. It's super sick. <laughs> wow.
1: I'm so excited, Steven.
0: Uh, this is this is very exciting. There is a lot to be excited about.
1: Man, do you have any um any hopes, any high hopes for Starfinder? Anything in particular? You're like this. I hope this gets in the Starfinder second edition.
0: I hope. And I've hinted at it already. I hope it is such a system that we could maybe, you know, not me, not you, not alone, could construct, like, Swissy 2 e out of it.
1: Oh. I genuinely wow. hope that
0: it would be easy to run Star Wars content with this. Other than that, I think it's an it's going to be a very promising baseline for sci-fi adventures, especially if you already love Pathfinder. And if you don't, give it a go. I think you will. Yes, no better way to prepare for Starfinder than that.
1: There's plenty of really cool Pathfinder adventure paths out there as well. Oh yeah, and those classes are awesome too. I'm so excited, Stephen.
0: It's it's so I'm fantastic. excited
1: to be back in the podcasting saddle. It bit.
0: feels really good. You know, we got the we shook the rust out. You know, and uh, and it yeah. feels it feels nice
1: after our, our little you know our little stint on Tatooine. You know, it's it's nice to be back seriously in, in the podcasting cockpit. Ready to so much the galaxy. So much sand. We're still kicking it out of our boots, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Why do people go there? Why do so many people go there?
0: <laughs> it seems like something's always happening, despite nothing happening at all.
1: It's like the center of the galaxy, but it's also the outer rim. Like yeah. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> oh, man.
0: Well, that's all I got for tonight, Sam.
1: Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's all we. That's all they wrote, huh? That's pretty much it. That's the end.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's it. There's still some uh, some things we didn't brush over, like credits and and you know some some feats. But like, do do dig into it, please.
1: Please, we had to leave something for you to. We had to leave something on the table to bait you into reading the field test. Absolutely. Morning. Well, The Dark Times is produced and edited by me, Sam. Steven's my co-host. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Dark Times SWSE or email us times SWSE at gmail.com. Review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where we get your shows. And if you're listening to this on the Patreon, hey, thanks for supporting us for the Darkest Summer. We really appreciate it. And we hope you enjoyed this as inclusive content. Um this may get public release at some point if you listen to this on the public channels. That's awesome. That means some more Starfinder stuff came out and Steven and I are doing more Starfinder stuff as well. We really appreciate you sticking with us, and we're excited to see what else we can do with the Dark Times.
0: I couldn't have said it any better myself, Sam. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch you on the next wave. Length.
1: Length? Ugh. Please don't end our podcast with the word length. (laughs) Mm, length. generic sci-fi Starfinder uh, podcast I'm gonna have you gonna pull quotes from other media that isn't Star Wars that would
0: be a lot easier I was thinking like really? how do I end this episode like, what quote do I use
1: I, I was thinking you could pull an Asimov quote just out of your ass and do something like that I don't, I don't really know do like you have any good good foundation quotes or something from Ender's Game maybe I don't know
0: I killed that guy in the bathroom <laughs> that's my Ender's Game quote <laughs>
1: Harrison Ford I killed that guy in the
0: bathroom Andrew's <laughs> Game
1: 2015 one of the movie came out
0: I liked that movie